Hi. My grandson, Luke, acted as my announcer the first time I made a recording like this, but he's already back in school, so I will have to do it myself. This story comes from the 1940s, when I was a small child living on the south side of Chicago. Eat your oatmeal. It'll stick to your ribs. So said my grandmother, better known to my brother Paul and me as Grammy. As a small boy eating breakfast on the south side of Chicago in the 1940s, her phrase filled me with wonder. The X-ray vision of my imagination conjured up a strange picture of my insides. I imagined that upon swallowing, lumps of oatmeal glided down along my ribs. On the way down, clumps of them began to adhere, much as they would if you dumped the whole bowl down the slanted washboard that Grammy used when she scrubbed clothes. Of course, she had not meant an anatomy lesson. Like the cinnamon and brown sugar sprinkled on the oatmeal, her remark was meant to coax older brother Paul and me to eat as we dawdled over breakfast. Paul and I would have been seated at the table in the kitchen of our little bungalow on 97th Street. Grammy, Mom's mother, would be presiding over the stove. Mom, a working woman, would already be out the door and off to the Rock Island Line, to the train stop at 99th and Vincennes, and to her commute downtown, leaving us in Grammy's capable hands. Paul and I were in a hurry to get bigger, stronger. We were told, after all, after my father's early death, that we had become the men of the house. That was the expression of well-meaning neighbors and various individuals. Looking back, I imagine their intent in calling us the men of the house was to be helpful, to subdue the animal energy of two exuberant boys by enlisting it in helpful ways. It was a suggestion that we help Mom and Grammy. I can imagine how Mom, the young widow, elicited sympathy. After all, she supported her mother and two children. But the language to foist on a kid, it suggested that we, two small children, were the main support of the family, not Mom and Grammy. In the understanding of a child, it was as if the bystanders had missed the fact that our house, our food, our clothes, our whole life depended on these two women. As I think of it now, perhaps the phrase carries not only encouragement, but in its suggestion that even little boys could do what women could not, it displayed the colossal sexism of the time.
photographs from that time display the scene. One shows Grammy seated on a wooden rocking chair on the front porch of our house. Two chubby-faced kids, Paul and me, sit in her lap. In this photo, I detect a trace of a smile as she appears to be trying to restrain me. But in most photos, Grammy appears as an unsmiling old woman, wearing an apron, wire-rimmed glasses, and a kerchief to contain the white hair piled up on her head. Come to think of it, not many photos of the period show smiling people. Theirs was a hard life. She had suffered hardship and great losses. Jobs were scarce. The country had emerged from the Great Depression, and we were at war. The photo couldn't tell what a capable and durable woman she was, her history, her own calamity. After their courtship and marriage in southern Illinois, she and grandfather had moved up to Wisconsin to buy and work a 40-acre dairy farm. The project collapsed with grandfather's early death and resulted in a move back to Chicago. His untimely death changed everything. Their ambitious plan didn't work out. Except for that event, I might have grown up milking cows. Come to think of it, I might not even exist since Mom met my birth father back in Chicago. It was the kind of event that shatters the illusion of a life unfolding according to a carefully laid plan. It suggests that anything could happen. It reminds me, in a way, of the title that comes from Bob Dylan's song. It goes, A Simple Twist of Fate.